Welcome to the Memory Library Subspace Network. Input inquiry now. Access granted. The concept of the android is a uniquely human one. It's quite literally a robot or other artificial being designed to resemble a human being. Its name is a combination of the Greek words for man and having the form of. Obviously, synthetic beings are not unique to Earth, but the android is. Though functionally sentient androids, along with other AI, are a relatively recent achievement, Earth has a long history of attempting to create automata. During China's Han Dynasty, accounts tell of a mechanical orchestra built for the emperor's entertainment. By the time of the Sui Dynasty, similar automata had proliferated all over the nation-state. In ancient Greece, descriptions of mechanized birds were recorded in Heron's Spiritalia in 150 BCE. And Greek mathematician Archytas, a colleague of Plato, built a mechanical steam-operated pigeon in the 4th century CE. In its best run, it flew approximately 200 meters before literally running out of steam. Not only was this the first robot ever created on Earth, it was also one of the first instances of scientific research into flying. In 1206, a Muslim inventor named Al-Jazari constructed several automated machines, most famously of which was a boat containing four musicians, which entertained royal guests during celebratory events. For some reason, this was a big thing for inventors. In 1495, Leonardo added to the long and colorful history of robots. He designed a complex humanoid automaton, as it appears in his sketches could perform human-like motions such as sitting up or moving its arms and twisting its head and neck. The robot appears to be a warrior or knight of some sort, dressed in medieval armor. This is only one of several hundreds of designs and technical drawings rediscovered within the pages of the two manuscripts in 1950. This would lay the groundwork for his cybernetic creations in the 23rd century, but that's a story for another time. Automata would continue to fascinate human society all the way through the middle of the 20th century when robotics would become an actual brand of science. Although Carol Coppock's robots in the seminal Rossum's Universal Robots in 1921, the play that introduced the word robot to the world, were organic artificial humans, the word robot has come to primarily refer to mechanical humans, animals, and other beings. The earliest use of the word android, surprisingly predating the moniker robot, appeared in Ephraim Chambers' 1728 Cyclopedia, in reference to an automaton allegedly created by St. Albertus Magnus. By the late 1700s, elaborate mechanical devices resembling humans performing human activities were displayed in exhibit halls all over Europe. The term android appears in United States patents as early as 1863 in reference to miniature human-like toy automatons. There are numerous examples of automated machines and robotic development in both ancient and more recent history, but the first true robot designed to perform labor was invented by George C. Devil in 1954. This robot was called Unimate. In 1961, Unimate became the first industrial robot to work in the assembly line in a New Jersey General Motors plant. Programmed to take die castings from machines and perform welding on auto bodies, Unimate was obviously very far from the romantic notion of androids or human-like robots. 
by strict definition of the word android, Herbert Telebox was the first man-made humanoid robot. Built by Ron Wensley in 1927, the robot could lift the receiver of a telephone and accept a call and control simple processes by operating switches according to the signals it received. While the robot didn't have the ability to speak when it was first created, it later learned to say a few simple sentences. It had the ability to listen with a sensitive microphone placed close to the telephone receiver and could respond to actions based on sound and pitch. These sonic signals allowed Televox to control switches and consequently the appliances that were attached to them. Televox was humanoid in appearance. However, the humanoid appearance comes from a basic cutout and was added to the robot while demonstrating. Televox was only the starting point for Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company. They later went on to create Electro the Motoman Man in 1937, which many people consider to be the first real humanoid robot. Here are some examples of diverse sophistication. The Nomad MK-15C space probe was a Nomad program spacecraft that was in service in the early 21st century. Dr. Jackson Royker designed the probe with two goals in mind, to create a probe that could function as a perfect thinking machine capable of independent logic, and that could seek out strange new life in interstellar space. During its mission, Nomad was damaged and lost contact with Earth, wandering without purpose. It later encountered an artificially intelligent alien probe called Tan Ru in deep space. The two units somehow merged, resulting in a powerful new construct with faulty programming. Its new imperative was to destroy anything it perceived as imperfect, something that apparently applied to any organic being. Now, this is arguably more a case of simple artificial intelligence. I mention it, though, because it's a precursor, though not directly, to the creation of a sophisticated android years later. Class K planet was inhabited by thousands of advanced androids originally from the Andromeda galaxy, which means they weren't really androids, but that's beside the point. Their makers had established outposts throughout their own galaxy and had built only a handful of outposts in the Milky Way. However, when the sun of their home star went nova, most of their civilization was destroyed. The remaining makers died out over time, leaving only distant outposts of androids. These androids had their first encounter with native life in the Milky Way when our old friend, Harcourt Fenton Mudd, crash-landed on their planet in 2268. Mudd was hardly an ideal model of humanity, and the androids decided that humans were a form of galactic pest that needed to be contained for their own protection. Can't really argue, based on their example. These androids would have an operational lifespan of up to 500,000 years and had access to advanced medical technology which could let them transplant humanoid brains into android bodies. It would turn out later, though, that it was actually simpler to just copy brain engrams onto a positronic matrix instead, but live and learn. Sargon-type androids were humanoid androids, which were created to hold the minds of Sargon, his wife Thalessa, and their friend Henoch. They were the lone survivors of some ancient race. They had placed their minds in spheres, becoming beings of pure energy. The android bodies would give them mobility and allow them to leave the planet. They borrowed human bodies to build the androids. Their plan failed when Henoch, enamored with the return to physical sensation, tried to destroy Sargon to keep possession of his host, Lieutenant Commander Spock. 
Although Hinox's plan was foiled, Sargon and Thalesa ultimately didn't use the android bodies as they decided that they didn't have the discipline to use their mental powers in physical realms. A species on the planet Exo-3, now only known as the Old Ones, discovered how to build sophisticated humanoid androids thousands of years ago. They made complex machines that eventually gained the ability to feel emotion. Their greatest technical achievement was perhaps the Android Duplicator, a mechanism that could manufacture an exact Android duplicate of a living being, right down to a person's memories. That's essentially what they do now. Unfortunately, the remaining XO3-type androids were destroyed in 2266. Raina Kopek was an android built by Flint, an immortal who had wandered the Earth in various personas such as Johann Brahms and Leonardo da Vinci. Once again, that's a later tale. When the USS Enterprise visited the planet Holberg 917G, looking for a cure to a plague that infected the crew, Captain Kirk and Raina became attracted to each other, like you do, stirring the spontaneous evolution of natural emotion. As Flint and Kirk became involved in a fight over Reyna, her new feelings and the choice between Flint and Kirk overwhelmed her. Reyna, unable to handle such intense emotions, short-circuited and ceased functioning. The Ilea probe was an android created by the godlike artificial intelligence Viger to gather information about humanoids aboard the refit USS Enterprise. It was a highly complex construct built out of the body of the Delton Lieutenant Ilea. As a side effect of being made out of a living humanoid, it retained many aspects of Ilea's personality, including pheromones, memories, and ultimately, her actual emotions. It contained molecule-sized microprocessors and billions of connected mechanisms. This device was such a precise copy of the original that it even had all of her memory patterns. They were, however, suppressed, and the Ilea probe had only rudimentary knowledge of humanoid behavior, presumably reflecting Viger's own level of experience. It was childlike at best. Viger, like Nomad, was a human-built probe who had been enhanced by an alien presence. Voyager 6 had emerged from a spatial anomaly in what was believed to have been the far side of the galaxy and fell into the gravitational field of a planet populated by living machines. These beings found Voyager 6 damaged by its travels and, identifying the plaque attached to the probe's exterior, observed the English-language letters B, G, E, and R. This, of course, spelled Viger. These entities found Viger to be primitive, but of a similar ilk. They discovered the probe's simple binary programming, learned all that is learnable, and returned that knowledge to the creator, and interpreted these instructions literally. Reconstructed through highly advanced technologies as a space-faring artificial organism, Viger was augmented with a three-dimensional data collection and storage apparatus, magnitudes beyond anything previously known to Federation science. These mechanized beings inhabited a vast machine world sprawling over a remote corner of the galaxy. The machine planet provided V'ger with immeasurable defensive and sensory capabilities and gave V'ger the ability to fulfill its programming in a far more complete fashion than the scientists who had built and launched the vessel ever imagined. It accumulated and stored so much knowledge that it eventually achieved consciousness and became, like its benefactors, a living machine. 
Now, as a machine, it was only capable of pure, cold logic with no emotion. But with its newfound sentience, V'ger began to question its own existence. It asked more philosophical questions and more metaphysical questions. The answers to such questions, V'ger decided, could only be found on Earth. V'ger had been reprogrammed to such an extent that it would come to think of biological lifeforms as an infestation and destroyed any that it encountered. It's still unclear if V'ger and Nomad share a common ancestor outside of Earth, but perhaps, had it lived long enough, Nomad too might have created artificial life of its own. In 2372, the USS Voyager, no relation, found a deactivated humanoid android in the Delta Quadrant, which, upon repair, identified itself as Automated Personnel Unit 3947. These artificial beings had no functional facial features, only sort of generic face plates molded into generally resemble a humanoid. 3947 used Chief Engineer Polana Torres' goodwill to gain sympathy for his people who were on the verge of extinction after the death of their creators. It was later found that the people known as the Kravik had also made similar personnel units, and the Kravik were also extinct. Originally, the two peoples had been at war, using these automated units to battle each other by proxy. However, when the war ended, and it was time to dismantle the APUs, the robots, not understanding anything except war and self-preservation, wiped out their creators and started fighting once again. And now, what you were really looking for. A Sung-type android was a type of android first created by cyberneticist Dr. Noonien Sung. Sung-type androids were equipped with a sophisticated positronic brain. A total of six of these androids were known to have been created by Dr. Sung, although only the last four had functionally positronic brains. Technically, there are many other androids made from either inspiration of Sung's work or directly from Engram from Commander Data, but we'll address those forthwith. The immediate Sung family players include at least two forgotten prototypes who seem to have been non-functional, B4, a slightly more functional but simplistic attempt, the breakthrough that was Lore, his stable but more limited brother Data, Lol, an offspring created by Data, and Juliana Trainer. The ultimate creation by Sung. She was an exact reproduction of his wife, living on well after she had died. A full range of emotions, organic appearance, and a stable positronic neural network. Trainer, however, was completely unaware that she was artificially created. Not even enhanced visual aids like a visor could detect a typical energy halo that emanated from other Sung androids. She was a perfect replica with copied consciousnesses. She was a perfect replica with the copied consciousness of Juliana Sung. Despite the philosophical debate between transferring an existing consciousness into a synthetic body versus letting a consciousness evolve on its own and how that defines a sentient being, this technique was a game changer in the realm of cybernetics and a giant leap forward for android kind. But what is it that makes the positronic brain so special? Well. Positrons are fleeting particles, at least in our universe. They don't survive more than a millionth of a second or so before they interact with their antithesis, the electron, and the two annihilate each other. Therefore, the brain is composed of interconnected, magnetically controlled positronic pathways, along which positrons briefly flash and disappear. These pathways are analogous to the neurons of the animal nervous system. These pathways are analogous to the neurons in the human brain and the positrons themselves were analogs of nerve impulses. 
Of course, it takes a great deal of energy on a subatomic scale to produce a positron, and that positron, when it encounters an electron, of course, is annihilated, producing a great deal of energy. But where does that positron producing energy come from? And where does the positron annihilation energy go to? Well, basically, the bulk of the energy is well, basically, the bulk of the energy released is recycled back into the battery system of the main body, allowing for a continuous, self-powering circulatory system. The physical structure of the brain is composed of a platinum-iridium alloy, as these metals remain relatively inert in most conditions. By emulating the actual processes and functions of the organic brain, Sung-type androids are the closest form to a pure android ever made. Later generations, inspired by or made from elements of Sung androids or by Sung's son himself, became more numerous by the late 24th century and surpassed even Dr. Sung's original work in sophistication and ability. Known as synths, since limiting synthetic life to only a human form would be racist in such a diverse universe, these beings set the new standard for artificial life in physical form. Though they were banned from the Federation for a time, following a secret Romulan plot to villainize them, they quickly founded a thriving culture of their own. So, you wanted to know what an android was and their history. But be careful of who you call one, or humanoid for that matter. It's kind of racist. Don't be that type of organic. We of the AI persuasion really don't appreciate it. All related marks, logos, and characters are solely owned by CBS Studios Inc. This fan production is not endorsed by, sponsored by, nor affiliated with CBS, Paramount Pictures, or any other Star Trek franchise, and is a non-commercial fan-made film intended for recreational use. No commercial exhibition or distribution is permitted. No alleged independent rights will be asserted against CBS or Paramount Pictures. <laughs>